the 2020 MLB season will be one like any other that we have seen before. A 60-game sprint in just over two months to decide who will be playing in October in a format that lends itself to the unpredictable. But that's where Greg Peterson comes in. He's got you covered daily, highlighting elements and angles that will be essential to know along with his picks with every single game on every single day. Now it is time for the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. Hey, warm hello. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Great to have you aboard today as it is also great to have Book It Sports. Now a part of this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Podcast, Book It Sports is the app that is going to change the way that you look at sports betting and the way that you look at social media when it comes to sports betting. They are going to be your one-stop hub for a little bit of everything. Posting up your picks, taking a look at live line moves, taking a look at just what other people are on in general. It's going to be a tremendous community of handicappers. That app is coming your way November 1st. You're able to follow all that they're doing on Twitter at BookItHQ. Absolutely tremendous to have them a part of this podcast. And it's always great to have Danny Burke a part of this podcast. He does absolutely great work with the Vegas Ads and Information Network. He hosts their show Rush Hour Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. Central. That'd be 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern. If you're looking Pacific Time, 4 to 5 p.m. If you're in some other time zone, I will let you do the math from there, but... We're going to be talking to him about the Dodgers being able to get the job done against the Atlanta Braves and just about this World Series matchup between the Rays and the LA Dodgers in general. Take a look at some of the various places in which you're able to pick off the books that might be a little bit outside of the sign-in total. Just get his general thoughts when it comes to both of these teams and just the ballpark dimensions in general when it comes to Arlington since it is a very different ballpark when the roof is open versus closed. So we are going to be getting some great thoughts from Danny in the second segment and the final segment. Just going to give you guys my general thoughts on the World Series. We do have a couple early lines that are out for Game 1 of the World Series so I'll be running through that a little bit. We've still got to-be-determined starters. I have an idea that it's probably going to be Clayton Kershaw against Tyler Glasnow. I'm not going to be firing in any bets until I know for sure that that is going to be the case because that could be a little bit detrimental if one side or the other decides to deviate from that. But with that said, I'm going to give you guys some early thoughts on the World Series in the final segment. And I do always love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. If there is something that you'd like to answer, write that into my Twitter timeline at yours41. If you send these in via direct message, the letter ZM to me mean does not matter. And as per usual, you can also send in an Apple Podcast review. Rate this podcast five stars. And on that Apple Podcast review, you can send in your question, comment, concern, what have you from there. Did not get in any today, but we now have a World Series set for the Dodgers versus the Tampa Bay Rays. So let's take a look at how the Dodgers were able to get the job done in Game 7, try to find some trends, and just try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. 4-3 to three was the count of NLCS Game 7 as the LA Dodgers were able to get a dramatic home run from Mr. Cody Bellinger to be able to get the job done in this one. Very interesting game as Ian Anderson had a very early leash on him to say the least. He had not given up a single run in the postseason going into Game 7. He winds up giving up two. He had certainly given up quite a few base runners as he uh, issued two walks, five total hits, but he only gave up the two runs. So 
Despite the fact that he was giving up quite a bit, he was able to hold down the fort. And then from there, Tyler Madzek gives the team a scoreless inning. Shane Green gives the team a scoreless inning. And it was A.J. Minter and Chris Martin who wound up giving up a combined two runs over the course of two innings out there in, I believe it was the sixth and the seventh inning. That wound up being the little bit of a bugaboo there. And for the Atlanta Braves, they did a lot of their damage early as they didn't wind up getting too many hits after that Dansby Swanson second inning home run off of Tony Gonsolin. And for the L.A. Dodgers, Dustin May gave up a run early. Gonsolin winds up giving up two runs to two innings, but Blake Trine, Bersuder Gratterall, and Julio Arias are able to close things out from there. For Arias, three scoreless innings to be able to cap off the game. He has certainly been a nice find for the Dodgers. As you guys may recall, he was looked at as a phenom coming up in like the 2015-2016 campaign. He winds up having surgery. He has come back. He has looked very good. Gratterall has been doing a solid job all year long for the Dodgers. Not necessarily the world's greatest postseason for him, but he was able to step up in this one, and if you wound up having any over of 8 like me, this was a little bit brutal as the Dodgers wind up going 1 for 10 with runners in scoring position. They leave 10 men on base, but you did have a pair of big home runs in this one. I mentioned the Cody Bellinger home run. That came in the 7th inning off of Chris Martin. Very nice the way that he just stared and had that bat flip. That was absolutely awesome to see. And then you also had Kike Hernandez going deep off of AJ Minter, his second of this series. So we now have a World Series set between the LA Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Rays. We're going to be talking all about this series with our good buddy Danny Burke of the Vegas Sets and Information Network on the other side right here on the Baseball Living Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson, now powered by Bucket Sports, who you're able to follow on Twitter at Bucket HQ. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson, now powered by our good buddies at Book It Sports. Book It Sports, the app that is coming your way that is going to completely change the way that you look at sports betting. Think of it as the social media site that you've always wanted for your sports bet. You're able to take a look at live updates when it comes to scores, line moves, what have you. The app is coming your way whether you're an iPhone user or an Android user on November 1st. And you're able to follow them on Twitter at BookitHQ. And you're able to follow this man on Twitter at DannyBurke5. As it is Danny Burke joining me right here on the podcast. You're able to catch his show on the Vegas Ads and Information Network Rush Hour, which launches every Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Central. If you're looking from Eastern Time, that is 7 to 8. And Pacific Time, that is 4 to 5. And Danny also does the show Bet on Chicago, which you can hear every Saturday on WLSAM 890. You're also able to hear that in a couple other places around the country. And Danny, it is always great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely, my man. Good to talk with you, Greg. I mean, you know, we've been doing, I've been coming on a few times throughout the baseball season. It's a little bittersweet because, of course, we're winding down with this short season, but nevertheless excited to get the World Series going and uh, see who's crowned champ. I'm right there with you. It's going to be absolutely tremendous. And when you take a look at the championship series, both of these games want both of these series wound up going seven games which I think is very intriguing but I think we're going to see a little bit of a different world series because with the championship series on both the AL and the NL side it was really a little bit of a war of attrition in that both of these series wound up having no off days whatsoever I think that that's going to bode a little bit more for the LA Dodgers just because when you take a look at the Tampa Bay Rays this is a team that they're used to going a little bit funky they're used to throwing out there a whole bunch of bullpen guys. Meanwhile, for the Dodgers, they're a team that they rely a little bit more on traditional starters. Now, we do know that Dustin May 
one starting in day, game seven. He's been a guy that has been using that sort of Kenta Maeda role in that he'll start a couple games for a couple innings. He'll come out of the bullpen. But with that said, I do think that with having these off days, it certainly benefits the team that is playing against the Tampa Bay Rays rather than the Rays themselves. I tend to agree with you, and that's really the biggest point that I think it's been noted, but I guess maybe not emphasized as much. So you kind of just look back and go, wow, these guys were just going back to back to back especially with some of these teams that utilize their bullpen right from the get-go, being the Rays, and like we've seen from so many teams, but the Rays specifically being one of them, we know they have a great starting rotation as well, but it really is going to be fascinating to see how these teams utilize their starters, how deep they're going to go. When it comes down to it too, Greg, when it's a tough situation with the bullpens, then it obviously turns to, okay, you go head-to-head, whose offense has been better? Well, the Dodgers, as we know, put up 15 the other night. They came in clutch when they needed to, but there have definitely been moments when they've been very lackadaisical and just very inconsistent with their offense. Now, the Rays are a team that kind of, you know, was very intricate with the way they scored their runs and just very kind of picked and prodded you everywhere and, and were gritty with getting the runs. But against the Astros, they really did a solid job of finding consistent production from their offense getting the big hits when they needed to. Now, how is that going to translate over to the World Series? Obviously, that's the biggest question in a beast that we're going to have to see unfold in itself. But when it comes to that, you know, just based on what's happened throughout the course of the season, would look your way too and think you still got to give the nod to the Dodgers. Now, I think also the biggest question with Los Angeles is what performance are you going to get out of Kershaw, right? I think that's the biggest thing you got to count on because we saw great playoff performances from him in the first two games. Then his third, of course, was a little bit shaky. So the biggest thing for me is what can you get from Kershaw, who looked like he overcame his postseason woes, then he had a little bit of a setback. So what are we going to see from the Southpaw future Hall of Famer? I'm right there with you, and as we're sitting right now, you got to think it's going to be Tyler Glass now for game one for the Tampa Bay Rays. For the L.A. Dodgers, I would have to think it would be Clayton Kershaw, but as we're doing this podcast right now, Game 7 of the NLCS just wrapped up, so we don't have that information available to us. But what I do know is that this entire series is going to be taking place out there in Arlington, and what I think has been so intriguing is just looking at the ballpark dimensions of the new ballpark out there with the Texas Rangers out there in Arlington because we've noticed between the National League playoffs along with the Texas Rangers home games from the 2020 season the over is hitting at over a two-thirds rate it's been absolutely ridiculous whenever the roof has been open now whenever the roof has been closed that has been a little bit of a different story as you've seen a lot of games wind up going under but I think that that's important to handicap because as we know fans are going to be in in attendance for the World Series with the protocols of Major League Baseball I don't know if this is a local thing or not but what I do know is that we are going to be seeing fans in the stands when it comes to the World Series. And as a result, they are going to need to leave the roof open. That is something to take a look at when it comes to your handicapping because these games have been a little bit more haywire when the roof has been open out there in Arlington rather than when the roof has been closed. Because when the roof has been closed, when it comes to just Texas Rangers games in general, very pitcher-friendly ballpark. Yeah, excellent point, Greg. I mean, that's what a lot of the kind of novice bettors maybe don't note out as much when they're betting totals kind of blindly in a sense. You have to take into account those little factors left and right that do really make a world of difference, as you pointed out, as we've seen it hitting at that clip of a little bit over two-thirds, which is obviously ridiculous. And that kind of goes to our point we were talking about earlier with the pitching. I mean, not only in the postseason had these bullpens really just been exhausted, starting pitchers, but think how many games you had to play back-to-back throughout the condensed season. I mean, so many factors lean toward, all right, who can muster out the last ounce of energy they have throughout these pitchers? 
And if both are going to be struggling a little bit, would not shock me if the offense is going to be high-powered in the series. And look, we always see crazy stuff happen in the World Series regardless, it seems. So I would probably tend to agree with you in that spot and look for some overs here. I, You know, I tend to stay away once it gets to about that 9.5 range. That's just me personally. I don't like to dabble when it gets a little bit higher. But I think some interesting things to look is even if you're going with the full game total over. Now, I know you and I have talked about this plenty of times, but I like messing around with the first five in some instances. This could be a good opportunity, too, if you still have a good starting pitching matchup to maybe because of the overs getting such a big look, you can get the first fives at about four and a half and maybe some good value to the under. If these teams get out to a slower start offensively, the starters just are going to go deeper, which you alluded to, of course, with the Dodgers. If that's the case, that could be an angle you look at, too, because everyone's going to the over. And we've seen a lot of these games come alive later in that spot. So that could also be another interesting spot to look at. But once again, it's going to be tricky because each series is different in its own. So we'll kind of have to see how game one plays out. But the total is definitely going to be a spot to look out for throughout the series. And I think you pointed out a very good point as we do have Danny Burke of the Vegas Ads Information Network joining me on the podcast. And that when it comes to these first fives, I don't think you can just look at the starting pitchers and the starting pitchers only because you've got a pair of managers that in the postseason in Kevin Cash for the Tampa Bay Rays along with our good buddy, Mr. Roberts, for the L.A. Dodgers, that they're very willing to pull a pitcher if they don't see what they like. And I think that as a result, even if you're taking a first five, you need to take a look at these bullpens. Now, obviously, when it comes to, like, the Tampa Bay Rays and the L.A. Dodgers, you don't need to take a look at the dead last bullpen arm that's going to be coming into the game or anything like that. But even if you are taking the first five, we've seen Blake Sell pulled a little bit early in some of his starts with the L.A. Dodgers, aside from... Really, if someone like Clayton Kershaw is on the mound, they've had a quick cook with some of these guys like Tony Gonsolin and company. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that is something very important to take a look at, even if you're betting a first five in this World Series. No, and that really is. I mean, who can you trust manager-wise? And obviously, Roberts is suspect mm-hmm. in various instances throughout this postseason. So that's something you're going to have to rely on, too. And look, this is it. So anything can happen in any of these spots. You're only getting the one opportunity in a lot of these situations. So that is tricky to kind of handicap how that's going to process. But once again, I think the thing you can rely on a little bit more so, or I guess what you're assuming kind of like we talked about is the Dodgers will rely a little bit more. You would think on those starters, but once again, it all depends how these games start out. What teams can get out of the first inning? Are they getting in jams? Are they throwing a lot of pitches early on? Obviously be sure to monitor that because even if you do go first five, good opportunity to either hedge or add on to your bet, whatever it may be, based on with the in-game wagers, which have been a really good spot, too, throughout the postseason if you take advantage of that. I know it's a lot trickier with baseball, but really when everything's kind of focused in these in the World Series being the final two teams, that's the time when you can really just hash it out, pay attention, look at the pitch count, look at kind of how the rhythm of the game has been going, what the managers have been doing throughout the course of the postseason, and then you can really attack some good in-game possibilities. I'm right there with you as Danny Burke is going to be right here on the podcast. I think that Andrew Cayley of Covers pointed out something very well when it comes to betting just with regards to the Tampa Bay Rays in general. Randy Rosarena's total bases prop has been set at one and a half for much of this postseason. As we know, he has emerged. He's got seven home runs already in this postseason. And if you see a guy that's heating up slash cooling down, it seems like books are very reluctant to really buy into the fact that these guys have gotten incredibly hot. We saw Cody Bellinger obviously be able to hit that big home run in Game 7. He's been able to do a solid job for the LA Dodgers after a really rough start to the year. And for Bellinger in general, he only wound up hitting 200 in that series against the Atlanta Braves by 355 on base. I really do think that the World Series 
provide some good opportunities for player props as well if you're in that market, just because when it comes to Major League Baseball in general, the books sort of set their numbers. They're not going to make any start adjustment up or down when it comes to a guy's total basis, their odds to hit the first home run, what have you. I think that that is someplace where you're able to exploit these books as well. Oh, 100%, Greg. And a player that's a great example with that is Tyler Glass now has just been racking up the Ks in a bunch of his starts. I think they've been posted around seven and a half for the most part. But he's just been getting at least minimum eight in most of the games, as far as I know, in each outing he's had. Now, it's also you got to be careful, though, like we're saying, who knows how short that leash is going to be for each pitcher, especially on short rest. But that's an excellent point because these player props, great time to take advantage of it now when you can get better value potentially. And now you have a larger sample size to look at, not only through the season, but a bigger sample size throughout the postseason. Because obviously this is going to be the final series, so you have that larger sample size to look at. Who's been the most consistent hitter? Who's been more consistent against righties, against lefties? Uh, who's been racking up RBIs? Whatever it may be, this is definitely the series to take advantage of that. Now that we have that large sample size that we're accustomed to seeing so far, apply that and see which trends are just historically and consistently, which players fit the narrative of those props and pull the trigger on those. Cause you're right. I mean, some of the, all the action obviously is going to be going to your normal money line, the run line even, and then the total. But when you look at those props, that's when you can really make a dent on these bookmakers sometimes. Because, of course, that's not really where all the attention is naturally. I'm right there with you. I think that that's absolutely terrific. And I do think that there's a lot of value in going game by game with the World Series as well. I know that that yielded a lot of value when it was the Nationals versus the Astros during the 2019 World Series. If you wound up taking the underdog Nationals, you were able to make a whole bundle of money by just mm-hmm. taking them in pretty much every single game, aside from when Garrett Cole was out there on the mound. But I do think that that could be the same in the Dodgers versus Rays World Series because you got to figure that the Dodgers are going to be the favorite for the series. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. But when you take a look at that, there are going to be certain spots for the Tampa Bay Rays that are going to be significantly better for others. I've noticed that a guy like a Blake Sell has been maybe a little bit overvalued because he was the 2018 Cy Young Award winner. Meanwhile, a guy that has been old reliable for the Tampa Bay Rays has been Charlie Morton, who wound up closing out that Game 7 for the team. And I do think that that is something that you should be taking a look at, just not blindly back in the L.A. Dodgers, regardless of who winds up pitching, but not blindly fading the Tampa Bay Rays at the same time. Just wind up taking it game by game. I think that that way you can be able to maximize the most out of this World Series. Well, look, that's the beauty of it going with a team like the Dodgers, too, who just get all the public attention no matter what it is. And you see that with a big market team like Los Angeles and whatever sport it is on every big stage. With the Lakers, obviously, they win the championship, but still there is great value with the Heat on the games they won. Even in a sport like baseball, more specifically with a team like the Rays, who have been very reliable in this postseason, you're absolutely right. I think the smarter play is just to go game by game. And with the starting pitching that the Rays have and how deep their bullpen is, so many good opportunities. You got to imagine this series probably is at least going to go six in my mind. It's just be hard to imagine it not going that deep because of how good the Rays can really just wear you down. I think you're absolutely right, especially if all the money from the public is going to shift it enough. I know obviously it gets shifted more so when you get the sharp money, but originally the number's just going to be set that way. So there definitely will be good value for the Rays. It all comes down to if you kind of have a feel for how deep these starters are going to go, how early the bullpen's going to get there. And like we said, what are we going to get from Kershaw, though? I mean, that's kind of the tricky thing to handicap. I mean, what are you going to get from any of these starting pitchers from the Dodgers who can either be absolutely dominant or just have a crappy showcase, to put it lightly? I mean, it just happens with this Los Angeles team. So it's kind of night and day with this team the past couple series. So 
Look, I think you're absolutely right. There's going to be great value on a game-to-game basis with Tampa Bay. I'm right there with you. And, Danny, it is going to be an absolutely tremendous World Series. I'm not going to put you on the spot here and ask who wins the World Series because I know that you're going to be giving that out on the Vegas Sets and Information Network with Rush Hour, which you run Monday through Friday. That is from 6 to 7 p.m. Central, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. If you live in a t- different time zone, I'll let you do the math from there. But, Danny, <laughs> I know you're doing an absolutely terrific job with that and so much more. So let the good people at home know what you're all working on in general, what they can expect from Rush Hour, and just where they're able to follow along on social media and elsewhere. Absolutely, my friend. At Danny Burke 5 is where you can follow me on the tweets. Like you said, Rush Hour Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. Central Time. If you're in the Chicagoland area as well. Uh, we're also starting on the Marquee Network, where the Cubs broadcasts are, starting on Monday. So, uh, yeah, great stuff going with that show, just implementing more and more stuff, giving you more opportunities to look at different wagers, whether it's halftime bets, different props, all of that good stuff. And, of course, then bet on Chicago, WLS, 8.90 a.m. Saturday night, 7 to 8 p.m. in the Chicagoland area. And then props and locks as well, where we do it with the Bears pregame show, go over the Bears game and the rest of the Sunday slate, 10 a.m. on Sunday on local Fox 32 once again in the Chicagoland area. But hoops, I got to say, man, you're a hardworking man as well. Appreciate you having me on as always. I'll definitely be following your advice throughout the series because I know you've been killing it so far in this season. So always appreciate your hard work, my friend. And Danny, it is always great to get on a great baseball mind, and you certainly are that. So big thanks to Danny Burke of the Vegas Sets and Information Network for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast, now powered by Book of Sports. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. I give you just my thoughts on the World Series in general, as we're not going to have a game on Monday, but we certainly are going to have a great World Series ahead of us, and that is going to be starting up on Tuesday. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson, and we are now powered by Book It Sports. Book It Sports is the app that is going to be coming your way November 1st. You've heard me talk about it a couple times on this podcast, but I have the beta right in my hands right now. I've been testing this thing out. It's absolutely tremendous. I'm able to keep track of my betting record on there. I'm able to take a look at live scores, live betting lines, everything like that. They have pretty much everything that you want in a social media site for sports betting, only without the things that make Facebook and Twitter very, very much a pain. You don't have to worry about your mom posting cat memes, and I'm raising my hand because my mom posts cat memes, so... It is certainly something where it's like, oh, thank goodness I don't have to deal with that. You don't have to deal with all the people bickering about politics or anything like that. It's just all about sports betting, keeping track of your picks, being able to take a look at line moves, score updates. It's absolutely tremendous. It's coming your way November 1st, and you're going to be able to find it on both iPhone and also on Android. That is Book It Sports, and you're able to follow all that they do at Book It HQ. And a big thanks to Danny Burke of the Vegas Ads and Information Network for joining me right here on the podcast. Now I'm just going to give you guys my thoughts for a few minutes as to the series coming up between the Rays and the LA Dodgers. I think that we're going to have a supreme World Series coming up. And as I'm seeing it right now, just when it comes to a series price, you're seeing the Dodgers anywhere between minus 190 and minus $2 if you're looking at taking the Rays in this series. 
I'm seeing as low as a plus 160, as high as a plus 175, so you've got that as a series price. And like I was saying with Danny, I do think that there are going to be some very good opportunities to be able to pick off the books when it comes to just taking a look at things from a game-by-game -game perspective. Now, for game one, which is going to be taking place on Tuesdays, I'm seeing it right now, the over is eight with the under anywhere between minus 115 and even, and the over anywhere between minus 105 and minus 120. So I do think that there are books thinking that there's going to be a variance of pitchers. Right now, as I'm seeing it, I think that it's going to be Tyler Glasgow is going to be going for the race, and I think the Dodgers are going to be trotting out their Clayton Kershaw. I'm not going to be giving you guys as much right now when it comes to game one, and as I'm seeing it, just letting you guys know, anywhere between minus 160 and minus 174 game one on the Dodgers. Meanwhile, with the race, anywhere between plus 140 and plus 155. You are seeing some early numbers with that, but when you take a look at the series in general, I think that the big key for the Tampa Bay Rays is just being able to give their studs a chance to be able to go five plus settings because we do recall that Blake Snell in his last start against the Houston Astros, he was yanked a little bit early. That caused the bullpen to be in a little bit of as they always like to call it over the pond, a sticky wicket. So there is that, and we know that sometimes Dave Rodwards, he doesn't necessarily do the best job of managing. He'll sometimes keep his pitcher out there too early. Sometimes he'll be too late to pull him. So there is that. I would probably give a little bit of a managerial advantage to the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, this is a team that they somehow, some way use like the scrap heap guys, and they somehow, someway turn them into gold. I mean, they do such a good job of matchups. We saw with Randy Orozarena, who has hit seven home runs so far in the postseason. But then again, you take a look at the LA Dodgers. This was the top-scoring team in Major League Baseball for the 2020 season. They were able to erupt a couple times during the Atlanta Braves series, and we know that they've got someone in Corey Seager that hit five home runs in that series. That should not be overstated. And when you take a look at the LA Dodgers in general, you do have a couple questions when it comes to the bullpen. Ken Lee Jansen, he looked good in that series against the Atlanta Braves. In the series against the San Diego Padres, not so much. And then you've got a couple other guys like Bursuta Gradrol, Victor Gonzalez. These guys that have been able to step up time and time again. They haven't necessarily been the themselves in the postseason. Joe Kelly has been able to post up a good ERA throughout the regular season and the postseason, but he certainly has shown a little bit of an issue with regards to walks. Nine walks in 11 and two-thirds innings, and yet in 15 appearances, he's given up three runs, two of which were earned, so he's got a sub-2 ERA despite the fact that, well, he's been walking a lot of guys, so you have that coming into play. When it comes to the Tampa Bay Rays, pretty much everyone that you're going to find out of the bullpen throws 95 plus. So you've got a bunch of fireballers, guys like Peter Fairbanks, Diego Castillo, Jose Alvarado. They've done a nice job of being able to hold on the fort. And when it comes to the Rays as well, they've got quite a few guys like an Aaron Sliggers that's able to give you multiple innings. But I don't know if they quite have a guy like a Dustin May. He wound up having to start Game 7 for the LA Dodgers. But he sort of has taken over that Kenta Maeda role in that he's able to give the team two innings out of the bullpen. He's able to be a pseudo-opener in a start much like we saw in Game 7. So he's a bit of a Swiss Army knife. And when it comes to the Tampa Bay Rays as well, I've been saying it on this podcast all year long. Functional hitting is what they've got. A guy like a G-Man Choi who has been able to hit right around a 290 during the postseason with a 436 on base. He is a textbook example of this, but you also know this with the Tampa Bay Rays. This is a team that they're going to strike out quite a bit. 150 punch-outs in 14 games so far in this postseason. They've led all of Major League Baseball in regards to strikeouts at the plate during the regular season. And then when you take a look at the LA Dodgers, this is a team that they can be a little bit feast for famine with the bats 
as well. You take a look at what they did in that series against the Braves. They wound up being held to three runs or fewer in four of those games. So it is something of note. Heck, even in that Milwaukee Brewers series, it's not like they were absolutely tearing it up at the plate, but you do have a team that they're able to win in a variety of ways. And when you take a look at winning in a variety of different ways, you look no further than the Tampa Bay Rays that robbed the Houston Astros of so many hits. Manuel Margot did a terrific job out there in the field. Heck, when you needed it, you were able to get multiple sliding catches from Hunter Renfro. This is just a team that they do whatever it takes to be able to get the job done. And when you take a look at the team that strikes out the fewest in this series, that would be the LA Dodgers. They have struck out 99 times in 11 games. So, they themselves are registering right around nine strikeouts per game, so I do think that that's going to play a little bit of a factor. I've been noting this on the podcast as well. When you take a look at the ballpark out there in Arlington, it has been very hitter-friendly whenever the roof has been open. When the roof has been closed, it has been more pitcher-friendly due to COVID-19 restrictions, and I think that this is a Major League Baseball thing. I don't think that this is a state of Texas. Whatever county Arlington is in, I quite honestly just don't know, so that's why I'm telling you whatever county hardly did is in, but with that said, it certainly is one of these cases in which the roof you figure is going to be open for all these games, and with the roof being open in Arlington between the Texas Rangers games and just the postseason in general, over two-thirds of games have went over, so I do think that that is something that you do want to note, and the Rays have a little bit of familiarity with that because they wound up going up against the New York Yankees. In some of those games in San Diego, especially the day games, you just saw it turn into a little bit of a hit parade, so I do think that there's a little bit of flexibility there. Meanwhile, the LA Dodgers, they've got more familiarity when it comes to the ballpark out there in the city of Arlington, so I do think that it's going to be very interesting. I do think that this is a series that you want to gauge game by game because if you're looking at the LA Dodgers, you probably want to hold off on taking a series price. I just don't think that there's a lot of value at minus $2, especially if you wind up getting the Clayton Kershaw versus Tyler Glass. No game one that I think that you're going to be getting with regards to a pitching matchup because if the Rays wind up winning game one for one if you wind up taking the Rays you're probably going to wind up getting north of plus 140 regardless of when you take it and for two if the Dodgers wind up falling down one to zero then you have a little bit more value there and you still have guys that are able to do a terrific job in the starting rotation like Walker Buehler like Tony Gonsolin meanwhile for the Tampa Bay Rays you no doubt have Blake Sell who's going to be backing up Tyler Glass so Charlie Morton has been very impressive but you're certainly going to get a couple bullpen games. You might wind up having an opener for Josh Fleming, things like this. So that's just the way that I'm looking at this series. So hopefully you guys enjoyed my just general thoughts on the World Series in general. It is great that we have the World Series and it's always great to get our good buddy Danny Burke of the Vegas Sense and Information Network on this podcast. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you are able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That'd be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you have a question for this fine podcast, you're able to fire that in one of two ways. My Twitter timeline at Jaren's41 or you're able to send those in via an Apple podcast. We rate this podcast five stars because that helps out the exposure of this and I always appreciate it very much so. And then from there, you're able to send in your segment ideas, questions, comments, concerns, what have you into there. So that is a good way to be able to interact with this show. I do hope that you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. And once again, I'll be talking to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.